You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Wonderful presence of the Lord in the house tonight, and I uh, that song we sing, sing "Build Your Church," our theme song, is so powerful. And I was listening to our general conference, Global Missions, and they sang that song, and I thought you stole our song. Build your church. God is building a beautiful, powerful church tonight, and we want to be a part of it. Amen. Now give the Lord a big hand clap and a praise for that. Amen. I want to say it's a privilege to be a mission director in this church. For you are so, so wonderfully and so cooperative in all that we try to do for missions. It is a burden of my heart. It will never leave. And I sometimes wake up in the night praying for souls. I was praying for Chris Pamsis this week. I just have a burden for that little work out there. Amen. I'm praying for them tonight in Jesus' name that they have a mighty revival in Chris Pam's says. I want to ask you this question. I may get a little solid, solemn right here. What is the value of one soul? Matthew 16 says, verse 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Think about those words for just a moment. I'm not moving on until you think, just to think. What is the value of one soul? John chapter 3, verse 14, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life or eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say, he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but would have everlasting life. Matthew 6, 13, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice for I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. We were all sinners. We were all lost. Amen. Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God that somebody preached the gospel to us. Some, somebody prayed for us. Thank God for all of that tonight. For 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Praise God. Are you looking for that one lost soul tonight, church? Someone looked for you. Someone reached out to you. Someone loved you. Someone loved me. It's wonderful that we have an organization as a UPCI that works in 232 nations. It's wonderful that we currently have 691 missionaries on the field. 
But as we heard so valiantly this morning, time is running out. We are running out of time. We heard it so powerfully this morning, Brother George. I got home and I began to listen to some news and they're talking about a nuclear bomb that could be sent by Russia into Europe. And if that would ever happen, we would be, as a world, we would go into the Third World War. Third World War. Our young men that are seated here tonight, many of them may be called to serve their country in battle. I had a brother that was drafted when he was 18 years of age into the U.S. military. He served four combat tours in Vietnam he came back a wreck, an alcoholic, on all kinds of medication. And thankfully, before he died, before he, died he returned to God. And we give God the glory for that. We give God the glory for that. Hallelujah. Our mission is souls. Brother Joel Urshan, he's booked for our missions conference for 2024. Get your calendar out and get your dates already in there. You will not want to miss, miss this incredible preacher. He's been to our district multiple times, but he's coming to Mission Point, and he's excited about it. So that's in 2024. We're already putting our plans together for 2023, and we're excited about that. This is Mission Sunday, and we focus on missions on the first Sunday of each month. 
And tonight we are blessed to be able to focus even further than our missions presentation. Brother and Sister Munn have been approved at this past general conference to go as missionaries to the country of Burundi. And so we're excited that they are part of this church. And they'll be going as missionaries from this church. Amen. To the country of Burundi. And so he's, he's going to come and his family. They've got a number of things in the foyer uh, that uh, you can pick up and help them on their journey. And uh, they're in the process of raising their funds to go. And uh, God's going to bless and open up that door for those funds to be raised quickly. But Brother Mun, we want you to come and share your ver burden and vision for Burundi. And also for your family that's involved tonight, come and minister the word of the Lord. Would you welcome Brother Munn tonight as he comes and shares his vision for missions? Bless you, Brother Munn. Get my wife to come and my son, if he's still brave enough to come up. Oh, maybe he isn't. This is my church. This is my church. There's a reason we don't like driving two hours and 20 minutes each way to get here. But I can tell you there's a reason why we do it, because this is our church. Amen. And so we do represent you, and I'll keep that in mind. We do represent you. This is a flag of Brindy. I'll hold it up, and I'll let my wife start us off here. And maybe if you guys could get the slideshow ready to roll, and we'll start that in a second once she's done. So we lost our little helper. He fell asleep out there. <laughs> so he was supposed to help my husband with this. That was his part tonight. So um, I have a few little things in Karundi, because we're going to Burundi, um, that i trying to learn a little bit of their language. Uh, of course, it's a very hard language to learn, uh, but their French is a major of their language there. Um, so I am first language French, and you're going to hear that tonight because when I'm nervous, my French comes out. <laughs> so um, we say thank you in Karundi. We say murakose, murakose. And in Karundi, uh, good evening, it's miriwe, miriwe. And um, this one here is very interesting. Um, bless you. Just bless you, not God bless you, but just bless you, it's Kira. And we have a Kira <laughs> in our family, so I thought that was really, really interesting to have a Kira with us, bless you. And um, so um, we have a few things that we have in the foyer, uh, like Pastor had mentioned. Um, we have uh, a sheet that's called Airfare Square. And it's to raise our flights to go to Burundi. And um, there's number from 1 to 120. Um, and each number is equal the amount of dollars. So the 1 is equal $1 to up to 120. So $120 for the 120. And we also have a few things um, like our outfits. Uh, we're all wearing outfits of... Uh, been in when we were in Africa. Um, we have some outfits that are too small for us or too hot for Africa, so we're not wanting to really bring them with us. We decided to put them up for donations. So everything that's out there, we have to sell for donations. So whatever you feel to give for them would be appreciated. And we also have coloring books um, that are 
$20. So everything else but the coloring books are $20. Everything else is just by donations. And God bless you in Karundi is Imani Bahezagire. Imani Bahezagire. So it's a very long word, but God bless you tonight. But we've been approved to go there. And uh, it was a long path. Pastor calls it a journey, and it was certainly that. And uh, we were asked a few months back, six months back or so, to consider going there. And I had to look it up. I didn't really know where it was either. A few things you may not know. You saw on the slide there that there's 12 million people in Burundi. It's one of the most densely populated countries in Africa. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of those. It is, if you look it up, the poorest country in the world, or one of the poorest. Usually it's the top. They make something like $1.90 US a day is the top wage there for like a regular worker. In Benin, where we were for a year before, they made something like $80 a month for a regular job. So in Burundi, it's even worse. It's like 20, 25% less. There is churches there. We don't have any pictures, any videos of churches there. We've had missionaries that haven't been there for two or three years. Burundi has never had a resident missionary ever. Never. The region, when the regional director told me that, it blew me away. And that, that right there made me think, I'm in. Send me there. If, if they don't have anyone, they can't do worse than nobody. So send me, I'll go there. It's the bar's low. So we're excited about that. And we don't know what we're getting into, to be honest with you. If we did, I'd give you a more flowery presentation. I would know more. But we've been asked to go in and teach and teach doctrine. They know the truth, obviously, and there's many churches there, but we don't really know more than that even the missionaries around there don't know a whole lot more than that we know that they need depth in their doctrine and so we are going to teach our heads off we are going to teach 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 i love teaching so that's my thing i don't mind that i always wanted to be a missionary and i always wanted to teach in a Bible school. We got to do that a few years back, and now we get to do it again. So I'm excited about that. They don't even have a Bible school, by the way. They just meet in churches, and uh, we're going to go and organize that. And our kids are going to be hopefully used in the youth department. And if we have to, we'll make one. If there isn't one there, we'll make one happen. And my wife's going to work with the ladies and help me with the Bible school. And like anything, if you go to Africa, you go with an open mind because you don't know <laughs> what you're going to have to do. And so you just go open-minded, and then you're ready to roll with whatever they come up with. And uh, in Benin, we went all over the country. We visited every single church they had in that country in one year. 63 churches, preached 80 sometimes. I was telling Brother Kulin saying this morning that when I went there, there were so many people didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. They talked about it, and... Everyone wanted the Spirit and believed they already had it. And we found out that most people didn't even have the Holy Ghost, including some pastors. 
And so I told him, I said, we found a way to preach 80 different times on the Holy Ghost in 63 different places. And so that's what we did. So we'll do whatever we have to do. But we are going to represent this church, and we are going to represent this district. We have an amazing reputation in the Atlantic District for having missionaries and aimers and everything in between. And we are going to continue that. And what we're going to bring to the mission field is love. And we are going to love those people to death, just like we did in Benin. We still talk to the people there. There's still people that message me when there's issues or when they have a great victory. I remember a minister there had just been voted in as the national president. And he was all shocked. And a minister, I'd spend hours with him traveling down different roads and whatnot. And he sent me this voicemail on WhatsApp, and he said, I, can't, I, I don't understand. He said, I, I didn't see this coming. I sent him one back. I said, bro, I saw that coming. I knew that was going to happen to you because God had his hand on you right then. And just one last thing I want to share. This tie right here might not look like much, but when we were leaving the night before, one of our Bible school students came to me with tears, and they don't cry. It doesn't happen over there. And he was crying, and he said, he said, missionary, I don't have anything to give you. I want so badly to give you something. He said, but all I have is this tie. And I said, bro, that tie is awesome. I will take that, and I will wear that. And this represents a man that we taught. I spent hours with him, hours and hours and hours with him. He was a powerful preacher, powerful man of God. And I remember one day about halfway through our time there, he he didn't tell me, but someone else told me that he had lost his son that day. His baby boy had lost him to sickle cell anemia, which is totally treatable here, but over there it's like a death sentence. And I remember sitting in the vehicle. I rushed right over to where he was and sat in the vehicle as he cried and wept. And like I said, they don't do that there, even in those moments. And I watched God do different things in his life. And I thought, God, this, this is why we're here, just to love people through this stuff and, and help them and be with them. And, and that's what we're going to do. Not, nothing amazing, nothing awesome, nothing. We're not no big heroes. I always thought missionaries were heroes. And I know I don't feel like one for sure. You're just going to be a regular person and love people through and teach them and be with them. That's what we're going to do. And I believe that's what this church believes in. And that's how we're going to represent you over there. Thank you so much for supporting us. There's so much more I could say, but I, I don't want to take up too much time. But you are more than welcome to ask me or my family anything you want. We will take hours and talk about missions with you. We you can tell we love missions. I don't like being in front of people and being the center of attention, but I love missions, and I will make time. And uh, we have Muns in Africa on Facebook if you want to follow how we're fundraising different churches we're in. And that will carry on to where we're on the field. You'll see what we're up to, different praise reports. And what we really need beyond just finances is we need some prayer warriors. We really, 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 really need prayer warriors. Because we're going somewhere where no one has, has really plowed the field quite like some other countries. And so we need you to partner with us to get over there and then to do what God wants. And we're also looking for aimers. So if you, if, you, if you get bit by the bug, like George mentioned today, and I hope you do. I was so proud when George said that. I'm like, yes. I want to get everyone bit by that bug. Go talk to the pastor, and the rest will be between you and him. But, man, if you feel like aiming or getting 
going to Africa, some type of mission trip, we will more than gladly roll out the red carpet and we will take care of you and we will show you a time, an African time. Praise God. If you'll stand, we'll go to the word of the Lord. I know time is slipping by. We're going to turn to Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. And while you're turning there, tu n'es pas ici par accident. Tu es ici parce que Dieu te place exprèsement ici. Je veux que tu saves ça. C'est pas... C'est pas par erreur, c'est pas par chance, mais tu es ici exactement parce que Dieu te place ici. If you know French, you'll figure that out. If you don't know French, it probably wasn't for you. But I want to also thank the pastor. And I, I thought of this for weeks, how I could do this. And there's really not a good way to do this. Um, I remember about a year ago, sitting in his office. Tomorrow would be a year. Bang on. I remember having a discussion with the pastor, and I wish I could share the story with you. I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't want me to. But if you ever want to, pastor, go ahead and tell it. But I saw something in that office that blew, I, the best way I can describe it, just totally, totally, totally blew me away. The, the, the way he dealt with something. It, it was so And I wish I could share. I wish I could. And I'm telling you, it, it's one of those moments that changed me forever. And I walked out thinking, I just I was speechless, absolutely speechless. And, and it, it'll never leave me. So that's my pastor right there. That's my pastor. And if you ever retire, you're still my pastor. <laughs> and uh, I remember telling the, the board when we met with them, I said, I feel so strongly about my pastor. I said, if, he, if you approve me, and he somewhere down the line says he doesn't want us to go. We won't go. That's how we, and I would have never thought I would have ever said that and meant it. But I do. I would do anything for him. And uh, that, I, there's so much more I could say, but I really mean that. I really, really mean that. Uh, Jeremiah 18, 1 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. And the vessel that he made, then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of of Israel. Pastor, if you do us the honor of praying. God, we thank you for your mighty power and word today. God, I thank you, Lord, for your servant. I pray, God, let this word go deep into our hearts and accomplish what you desire for it to do. Help us, God, to receive it, God, I pray right now. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Praise God. On November 15th, I had to look back and do some research, but on November 15th last year, God woke me up at 5 a.m. I was on my day off, and he spoke to me about this exact thing I'm going to share with you right now. And he gave me this title. I thought it was just for me at first, and it was. But then over time, it became more than that, and God gave me this message. And then 
over the process of time a little bit more, I realized it was for this church, which doesn't, I don't usually, that doesn't usually happen to me. And I, I didn't even mention it to the pastor because I figured if it's God's will, and if it really is God, someday he's going to talk to the pastor and the opportunity will come. So when it did, I knew that's exactly what God wants me to talk about is this right here. For a year, this message burned in my mind. I, I, anyone that's ever preached or taught, you know exactly what I mean. There are times when a message will, will just work you over. And usually, those are the best ones. Usually. And the, one, the ones where God just, just does something that you could never do. And so for a year, I, every day, I'd be driving in the truck and at home and here in church. It would just work me over. And, and I would see some of you crying in the altar or crying as you're worshiping. And, and I would always wonder, God, is it for them? Because it felt like it was something that was really going to be directed at someone specifically. And, and I couldn't help but wonder, is it that sister right there that this is for God? Is it for that brother there? Is it for that young person I see over there? And I would wonder over and over again and cry and say, God, I hope this affects someone the way it has affected me. So we know that God is all powerful. There's, there's nothing God can't do. Don't, don't tell me what God can't do, and I'll, I can show you what he can do. Uh, I have many stories in Africa of things God did, just amazing things that blow your mind. I, I've seen God cast demons out of people, and, and I've, I've seen uh, stare down the witch doctors and, and the, the voodoo temples. And one. I remember one day in the morning, I would go out and run, and if anyone knew what I was doing, they probably would have shot me for going out and running in the middle of the night or middle of the morning. But I would do that because I wasn't scared of whatever was there. A lot of voodoo was there and whatnot. And I remember one day this guy coming behind me and doing these weird chants and stuff. And I knew exactly what that was. And in English, because I figure God knows English and he knows that language there too. So he can figure this thing out. And I just said, in Jesus' name, stop that right now. Shut your mouth. And right, just like that, just total silence. That's just a small story, but God can do so much. There's no question. You know, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen. God's all present. There's nowhere you can go from God. There's nowhere you can go. I remember before we went, I was worried about going, and, and I thought, God, I'm going to be so alone. And, and God just spoke to me and said, I'm here. It just reminded me that if he's here, he's also there. Right. There's nowhere you can go to get away from God. Right. He's all-knowing. There's nothing you can do to keep stuff from God, as our brother George mentioned this morning. God knows everything. And so he's all powerful, he's all present, and he's all knowing. And we can agree with that and amen that, and that gets us excited, and rightfully so. But there are times when God misunderstands us. There are times when that happens. Something about being misunderstood. And, and I haven't lost a close, close loved one, so I'm not even going to try to compare that to what I'm going to talk about. They're two completely different things. But there's something about being misunderstood that just, it brings up so many emotions, right? It just, you, you could be angry. You could be upset. You'd be heartbroken. You could cry. You could laugh kind of as like, this is crazy. 
you, you want to defend yourself and set the record straight. Anyone ever been there and had that happen? And, and you want to you fix everything. And like, no, 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 that's not what, that's not what I meant or that's not what happened. Or, and you've been there. You know what that's like. It, it, there's something about misunderstandings that just kind of just make everything raw. It lays us bare. It's like just taking your chest and just ripping it open. And all the insides are, I wanted to use that as a title slide, but it's just way too gruesome. I looked and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. Our brother sort of talked about that a little this morning, so that's good. Think about what he said about the heart and that. And, and there's something about misunderstandings that, that does that. It has a way of stripping off veneers and walls that we stick up in our lives, things we try to protect or areas that we try to block out. And something about misunderstandings just, just opens all that up. And lays you bare before God. It's like an open heart surgery. Before they do those, some of you unfortunately have went through this. You probably didn't see it, but you went through it. And they have to get in there. And I won't get gruesome, but you know what I mean. They've got to get at the area they've got to fix. And they do that with many different surgeries. And misunderstandings can do that same thing. Thing. There are times that God will misunderstand us. No, I'm, I'm using sort of a double entendre. I'm not talking about when God doesn't get you and he somehow misinterprets what you want. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about times when God will send you through times and periods and transitions of misunderstanding because he's got a plan for you. No, he's not stupid. He doesn't misunderstand in the way that you and I may, but he will send you through those things, and there is a reason for that. Think of Joseph. Who could be misunderstood like Joseph? He has this great dream, and, and we all know his story, just misunderstood at every turn, misunderstood and misunderstood and misunderstood. Can you imagine the pain that Joseph went through? I did nothing wrong. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. I didn't go with Potiphar's wife and on and on. I helped these guys out by telling them what their dream meant, and they forgot about me, and I'm still rotten in this hole. Moses was trained to be a leader of his people. Some historians believe that he was also on the track to be the next pharaoh. Now, we weren't there, so we don't really know. But either way, there was clearly a struggle in Moses' life. And he chose to help out his brothers, but he did it the wrong way. And he got misunderstood. And he went through a period of 40 years of pain. And you can bet he was beating himself up all 40 years of that. And wonder, why did I do that? David. He gets called and anointed by God. He shows up at the battle where Goliath is. His own brothers say, well, I know how naughty your heart is. You're here just to, just to look this out or that. He goes and he kills Goliath with God's direction and God's supernatural help. And then somebody decides to come up with a song. Well, Saul has slain his thousands and David is ten thousands. And I taught the boys in Africa, I said, if you ever get in one of those positions, look out. And I taught them, I said, if that ever happens to you, you make sure that you kind of put that fire real quick. Because that's not what you want. And David, he didn't create it. But all of a sudden, now there was a rivalry between the king and him. He did nothing wrong. 
and he was misunderstood. And on and on, the Bible's full of people that have been misunderstood purposely by God. We give the devil way, way too much credit. If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present, why do we pat the devil on the back every time something happens that we don't like? God's in control. Remember Job? The devil couldn't get anywhere near Job till God said, all right, I'll, I'll let you do this, but you can't do that. Okay, now I'll let you do this, but you still can't do that. God was in control. Yeah. I can think of my own life of different times that I've had misunderstandings that, that hurt. And, and I, I could give you stories, and you have stories. Just a couple. I remember uh, a few different times when my kids ran away. What could be worse than that as a parent? And, and I remember that and, and trying to pastor through that. And, and, and people wondering it. And, of course, the verse that was mentioned at General Conference, I think someone said it, that if you can't rule your own house, how can you? So you know people were thinking that. And, yeah, you have to get up and pastor anyways and let people through it and help them through it and, and deal with your own pain and hurt. And, and I remember being in Africa when someone got the idea that <clears throat> Kayla was engaged to someone there. And I had to put out that fire that, Magically, she was engaged and about to get married, and it wasn't anywhere near true, but it was a huge to-do that I had to somehow convince people was not true. And on and on, and you've gotten too, right? I want to take you back to Jeremiah. We know that story very well. <clears throat> but in verse 4, I want you to notice something. Because like I said, we give the devil way too much credit, and we forget who's really in charge of these things. In verse 4, I'd never seen this before. I've heard this preached on. I've used it before. In verse 4, and the vessel that he made, so that he is a potter, right? He's watching the potter make a vessel. The vessel that he made was marred in the hand of the potter. Wait a minute. So it wasn't the devil. It was the potter that marred that vessel. Have you ever thought about that when you read that verse? It was and we know by going down to the next verse or two that God said, this is a metaphor of what I will do with you. So there's times when God will marry you on purpose, not to beat you down, not to tear you apart, not to punish you out of anger and frustration, but because he's working on something in you and in me. If you say, well, that, wait a minute, that doesn't match with what the Bible says. Lamentations 3.38 and the contemporary English version says, good and bad happen at the command of God most high. Good and bad. It's not just good. So when it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil or it's some evil person down the road. No, it can be God and most times is God. I remember when another time the pastor helped us out. We had come back from out west. Some of you may remember us being here when we first came like eight years ago or so. <clears throat> I remember standing right where our sister is interpreting right now. I was standing right there, and I asked God, I said, God, why did you let me go through that? And I, I just wanted to know. I wasn't angry. I just... Wanted to learn whatever lesson it was, you know, like, why did you let me go through it? And I'll never forget what God said. He said, I didn't let you go through that. I put you through that. I'd never heard anyone preach on that before. I have since. But that changed my life when I thought about, wow, 
God did that. He did that. It wasn't just some accident or something that fell on my lap. God was behind that. And if God is behind something, it's for your benefit and for your good. That's what I really want you to take away from this. When God is behind any problem or any situation or any hurt or frustration or injury, just know that it's because God is about to do something amazing in your life. you got to know that. If you think it's the devil or some person, then it's all negative. But if you can look at the fact that it could be God doing this and probably is, then that's a reason to rejoice because God doesn't mess with people for nothing. When he works on you and me, he does it to make us better. I want you to know that pain you feel, it's there for a reason. Oh, it may not feel nice. Oh, I know what that's like. We all have our own little situations and problems and, and issues, and we all feel like no one's been through it like we've been through it. But God's behind that. A lot of, almost every time, God's behind that. Oh, he's, he's, he's in there. And he's got a reason. Job 5 and 17. Happy is the man whom God corrected. I'm glad that God loves me and you enough that he doesn't just end up as an absentee dad and all they'll just figure it out we'll just leave him be no he loves us enough that god will mess with you and me when he has to he loves you enough that he will get in there he will cause misunderstandings to bear you open and make you raw because that's the only way he can get in there and get that scaffolding and start moving and working on something it's the only way and that's what he told me when he woke me up he said, dare not cause misunderstandings because that puts people raw and it gives me access to change things and add things. I know this might not be something that gets you excited, makes you want to run around the church, but I want you to walk out with hope in your heart, with an understanding that God loves you and he loves you enough to work on you, to be there and to cause things to make you better. Psalms 94 and 12, blessed is a man whom thou chasteneth. That means instruction in that particular verse. Proverbs 13, 24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. So guess what? God loves you when he digs out the rod. It's because he loves you. It doesn't feel good, but he loves you. Hebrews 12, 7 and 9 to 11. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? In that verse, chastening means training. So if you endure training, God is treating you like a son. Now that is a reason to rejoice. When God looks at you as a son or a daughter, it means you've got value to God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God that we just talked about. He sees the value in you, and he will instruct and train you. Because he sees something there that he can do. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our own profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. And that is true, and we can all amen that for sure. But grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth 
the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Not killed, not destroyed, not wrecked. Exercised. There's a reason God does this. We need, as a group and as individuals, we need to stop fighting some, and it's hard. I know it's, I know it's hard to do. I, I totally understand. It's hard not to fight against these situations. But we need to embrace them when they happen and just know that God is working on us. And he sees something that needs to be maybe taken out or maybe added in. John 15, 1 to 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Wait a minute. So all the bad branches, he says he's going to take them away. Well, we get that. That's, we, we agree with that. No problem. But then that second part, we often skip over. Every branch that bears fruit, well, we would think, okay, that's great. Let's just clap and, and be happy with that. That branch is bringing forth fruit. It's good. Let's move to the next one that isn't. But God doesn't look at it that way. He said, no, no, let's purge that branch. It's bearing fruit. So let's go ahead and purge it or prune it or work on it so that it will bring even more fruit forth. That's how God thinks. Not like you and I think. He doesn't say, oh, that's, it's doing a little bit of good. Let's leave it be. No, no, no. That's why some of you, <clears throat> and no one's told me this directly, but I just know. I, I know people, and I know myself. That's why some of you feel like God is picking on you. And you are correct. You are. But the reason for why God's attention is focused on you is escaping you at times. It's not because he's mad at you. It's because he sees that you are already doing something for him that he likes. And he wants you to do even better. He wants to take you even further. He wants to help you go higher. He wants you to have more anointing. So he looks at you and says, I like it. I can do better. That makes me happy when I think about that. That God would do that. That word in, in Greek, or I, yeah, it would be Greek there, make, means uh, making clean by purging, removing undesirable elements, eliminating what is fruitless by purifying. In other words, helping to become better. When you asked, and people here have for sure, Ask for a special anointing. Just no one raise your hand, but just like in your head, answer that question. Have you ever asked for a special anointing? Have you ever asked God for a double portion of his spirit? Have you ever asked God for something that seemed a bit out of reach and God used me for that? I want you to think about that moment. Maybe out of you convention. Maybe at a service like tonight at some conference, maybe in a prayer room. doesn't matter where it was. Maybe at home, at work, whatever. You ask God and say, God, use me. And you meant it. 
But I just want you to, I want to paint a picture here for a second. Imagine God when you prayed that with tears streaming down his face, reaching over for the scalpel and saying, I heard that prayer and I'm going to answer that. And imagine a loving God that hears you or me ask for more of a walk with God, closer to him, more anointed, more understanding, more loving, more full of the Holy Ghost, and God reaching for the tool saying, okay, I'm going to do that, but with tears down his face saying, but there's, there's, there's a path to get there, and the only way that I can anoint you more is for me to start bearing you open with misunderstandings and hurts and pains, and it may put you on the brink of getting bitter or angry and walking away, but it could also be the very thing that will make you so raw that I can put my hand in there, and I can create something that never was there before, and I can add things that were missing, and I can take out something you didn't know. God is answering your prayer, but that answer to prayer comes through many tears. I want you to picture that. If our musicians will come back, I know time slipped away. <clears throat> Think of Jacob. Jacob wrestled with an angel. It wasn't that long ago that the power of the grip. George, you're so much better than me at remembering the actual titles. But I remember that message that our brother preached about Jacob. Think about when, when God touched him or the angel touched him, sorry, and changed his, his hip. And, and the Israelites never ate, and they still don't, the true Jews that are truly following the religious, religious laws, they don't eat from that part of an animal to this day because they look at that as sacred. And I can just about imagine Jacob, now his name's changed to Israel, and he never walked the same again. He never walked the same. He never looked the same. He never acted the same again. He never seemed the same. And a lot of people would have looked at him and said, now what happened to him? What's wrong with him? And all they saw is what wasn't normal. But Jacob, now Israel, knew that this, I'm proud of this, because this is how God touched me. This was from a night when I grabbed the hold of God, I refused to let him go. And so you go ahead and make fun of my whip. But this is the very thing that's going to make my kids a nation. Think of Mary. Who could have been more misunderstood than Mary? God reaches down into her through many misunderstandings. And he touches her. She becomes pregnant through the power of the Holy Ghost. And nobody else believed her own fiance didn't believe her at first till the angel talked to him and then even after the angel didn't talk to everybody else and so they had to wonder how are we going to deal with this the biggest misunderstanding in her life was how you and I are now saved think about that God chose to reach down into someone's life and use misunderstanding and pain and judgment of other people upon them. And little did anyone know there was a Redeemer, a Messiah, a Prince of Peace, an Everlasting Father, and on and on in that womb. And Mary knew when the angel told her, but nobody else knew. 
And she had to go through that. But I'm so glad that God used Mary. And now we preach about the cross. And we embrace the blood of Jesus. And being baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost. All because of a little young teenage girl that hung in there when God decided to misunderstand her. If you'll stand. When God misunderstands, you say, how do you, how do you get this stuff? How, how do you, how does God show you this stuff? Well, just sign up for the misunderstanding train and that's how you get here. When I look at some of you, I can see God working on you. I wish you could see what I can see. Some of you, I, I could go down and put my hand right on you. I know exactly who you are. You have no idea what God is doing. You have no idea. You felt like, why do I keep going over this? Why does this keep happening to me? Why, 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 why? And that's, that's normal to ask that. But the why is because God loves you. And he's got a plan for you. And because when you prayed, he heard. And he said, I'm going to give that. But there's a process. And there's a path that has to be followed to get there. And so as the altars are open, I want you to just, if you're one of those people that God's speaking to right now, I, I want you to just come up front, blend in with everyone else. And I want you to embrace that. God is doing something in you. He's calling you. There could be missionaries here, aimers, pastors, church planners, great soul winners. And the only way you're going to get there is to allow God to misunderstand you. And that is what will make you special. Let's come up front, blend in so no one feels like they're standing out. But let's get a hold of God and, and know that those tears are there for a reason. God put you there for a reason. He believes in you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for you. You are awesome in God's sight. And He wants to do more than you could have ever thought or imagined. If you'll just embrace Him and don't struggle against Him, embrace it and let God do what only He can do. And I guarantee you down the road, you'll see results that will blow your Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.